This podcast is brought to you by Learn Prime. Start your journey to becoming a great developer at learn.thoughtbot.com. It, it still works, but it's just like hanging out in a weird way and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> like one time I let someone else use the mic and they bend the damn cable. This is why we can't have nice things. It's bullshit. Okay, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is Gordon in Boston. And this is Mark in San Francisco. And this is Build Phase. I'm beat. Yeah. Dragging ass. Watching too much football last night? Oh, yeah. Mm. You know me. I'm a big football person. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I did hear about, uh, you know, what's-his-face being on track for, like, 122 touchdown passes this season. Yes. Peyton Manning, you mean? (laughs) That's who I'm referring to, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Made my fantasy week. One player. <laughs> I went to sleep at halftime and I woke up and I had like 50 points in fantasy football. <laughs> which is like half as many as I was supposed to get all week. Just from like one dude. How does that work, by the way? Can you give me a, a quick rundown fantasy of football? fantasy? Yeah. Like I really don't know anything about it. So you pick players on teams. Like just any player. Are there, are there orcs? They're not orcs. There's no. So it's it's more football than fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah okay, more foot. Yeah, more football than fantasy. Uh, <laughs> you put you pick players on just at any position. So quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end, a defense, and a kicker, and then you choose which one of them, like who's going to play for you that week lineups get locked and then if however they do in real life you get points based on that for your fantasy team okay so you can build like a dream team yeah kind of but yeah kind of but like at any given week you could have players that play against each other you know what i mean so like i had this like last night i had peyton manning as my quarterback and then i can't remember the dude's name something tucker the kicker for the ravens i had as my kicker so like I was just kind of rooting for touchdowns, like passing touchdowns and then field goals for the Ravens, which is weird. It's a weird way to watch football. Okay. What's the ultimate goal? To get more. So you're playing head to head against someone else. So you like you and me would be playing against each other. So you set your lineup. I set my lineup. If I get more points than you, then that's a win for me and a loss for you. And then at the end of the season, there's a like a whole playoff structure and then you know someone ends up winning but what do you win is it just bragging rights bragging rights a lot of a lot of leagues do like cash prizes so you have to do like a buy-in to get into the league and then you get some percentage of the pot if you win is this a legal form of gambling or does just everyone in the government play fantasy football so they don't care i think it's more the latter yeah ah makes sense yeah i thought you'd get like some master sword or something (laughs) Again, less Bring fantasy, <laughs> less fantasy, more football. <laughs> so, uh, so we're talking about table views. Yeah, I thought we'd change it up this week and just talk about a specific class. And this is a, a common one. This is the anti-NS hipster. <laughs> right. Let's start at the controller. How often do you actually use UI table view controller over UI view controller? Uh, I don't. Typically, you, you don't use UI table view controller. 
No, because I don't think it adds that much. And I don't, I don't like having the table view as the view controller's view. I find that limiting. Yep. It seems like most of the time when I want to customize something, I'm just going to end up going back to a UI view controller that just has an outlet to a table view within it. And all it adds for you is that it, it will uh, clear the selection on view will appear. It will flash the scroll indicators on view did appear. And it's keyboard aware. So if the keyboard comes up, it changes its uh, bottom content inset to the height of the keyboard. That's a weird thing to put on to put on UI table view controller, don't you think? The keyboard thing, I mean. I, I think they were thinking that you'd be using UI table view controller for forms, and they just tried to make it as easy as possible. Right, except for that they didn't give us any class that has a like a cell with a... Like, there's no really good way to... Like, you have to create a custom cell if you want to put a text field in it. So it's not like... You know what I mean? I feel like they kind of went halfway there. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to, but you definitely should. If if you're not, that means that then you're, like, holding a reference to this text field in a reusable cell, or you're referencing it with, like, a tag. Oh, God. Don't do that. <laughs> Apple should just deprecate tag. Yeah. I'm going to file a radar right now. <laughs> Get rid of tag and subviews on UI view. Oh, like like being able to just get a list of all the subviews on a view? Yeah. Yeah, that tends to encourage bad behavior. It breaks encapsulation, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're not so you don't use So then the only other thing that Table View Controller does give you is it automatically sets the delegate and the data source to the view controller, right? Right. Which is also maybe not great. Yeah, it's it, again, it's like easy to get up and running, but not the ideal way to do things. I've been trying more and more to abstract um, data source and delegate objects out. I really hate those two protocols. <laughs> um, I think they're entirely too coupled. Am I crazy? It, it, Explain in, in what way? Well, like one example is that is that the delegate pattern has view for header and section, but then the data source has title for header and section, and I don't understand why. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I think it comes sense. down to the delegate is for providing views and the data sources for providing things that are kind of uh, in the model domain you know, strings yeah uh, where it, which protocol does height for row and index path fall into I would expect data source for the reasons I just stated no no that's that's delegate okay well then the shit makes no sense <laughs> so like every time I try to abstract a data source or delegate out i always start with the data source right like i try to set the table views data source to a different thing but then i always feel like inside the table especially with the new reusable stuff from ios 6 where you can um you can do the dq reusable cell with reuse identifier for index path and you're always guaranteed to get a cell back but you have to do the registration first you know what I mean? Yes. So like now I've 
if you don't if you're not using a nib to do that or a storyboard or whatever if you're not using a nib or a storyboard to register that class then you have to do it in like view did load right so in view did load now i'm registering the class for a reuse identifier but then i also have to know about that class inside the data source you know what I mean? So now I have that kind of like logic of what classes are inside my table view. I have that split across two different objects already because the data source is the one that handles the self erode index path. Are you required to register the nib or the cell in view did load? Can't you just call it at any point and then reload data on the table? I'm just thinking that you could just do that in the init of your data source object and then after that, just reload the table view. Like maybe maybe yeah. inject the table view into the data source. But that right there is what I don't like again. Like you go down that path of now the data source has, an op- has a reference to the table view itself. And all you're doing, like the, the point of all this is like, yes, you can, you can do that. You can register the cells from inside... Um, like at any point. So you could register the cells whenever you create the data source, but then the data source has to have a reference to the table view. And the second you do that, every time that I've done that, what I end up with is essentially just, I moved all the, the data source and stuff, all the data source and delegate methods. I just moved those into another object and I didn't get any meaningful abstraction right now. I have this gigantic, data source slash delegate object that is essentially a table view controller, except for it doesn't have any of the view did load view will appear stuff. Maybe, maybe your data source it's really frustrating. should have its own delegate to call back to the controller and get a reference to the table <laughs> view. I'm kind of serious. Yeah. yeah. I, so I think the the way I've been kind of treating it recently is instead of like, instead of pulling out a, table view data source object i've just been pulling out a generic data source object that can do thing like that will handle you know um i have a table view that shows you know a bunch of people right everybody that works at thoughtbot here's a list of everyone that works at thoughtbot so i have my um you know you know i don't know master view controller whatever my directory view controller that has a table view that lists everybody at ThoughtBot. That view controller actually would be would hold on to the delegate and data source of the table view. So that that class would be the delegate and the data source. The table view controller would, or the view controller, whichever. Those would still have those methods, but then all the logic inside inside like organizing that the data that will be displayed gets pulled out into another object. Right. So then I have, it's essentially like a set or an array at that point. Um, but it can do other things too. Like it can, it can have triggers to like refresh its data. If it needs to pull new data down, it can, you know, it essentially has like a, you know, a person for road index path kind of thing or a person at index if you don't have sections. Okay. So what you're describing is, I think basically NS fetched results controller is a lot like, what you're describing it's it's a it's a helper controller that facilitates moving stuff from the model layer through the controller into the table view right yeah yeah almost exactly 
because then you end up with I think I just think that that's a better abstraction than trying to pull the table view the data source and delegate out which always leads to weird stuff like having to have them in the same object so then you have crap called like table view data source delegate which is just an awful name and then like then you need a delegate pattern to call back for like cell selection so there's another one right so like if like did select row at index path that gets called on the table view delegate but then to do anything with that you need a reference to the view controller right like if you want to push a new view onto the stack and you don't want to do any kind of stupid hacky view hierarchy lookup then you need to be able to have a delegate you either need some kind of like a completion like a selection block or something on the data source or you need to have a delegate pattern to pass that index path and the object it represents maybe back to the view controller so that then the view controller can instantiate the detail view controller and pass the model into it's just like that kind of stuff sucks, you know? Yeah. You could post a notification just thinking and attach the and attach No, no, I know. Like there's there's a few different ways to handle it, but it always results in like you have this method that's obviously designed to, you know, did select row and index path. Do you get what I mean though about why like I find I always find that abstraction annoying and like every time I do that kind of an abstraction where I pull that stuff out like my knee jerk reaction is like yes absolutely this kind of delegate and data source stuff should be separate from the actual controlling of the view 100% but then they end up being coupled in ways that like the two protocols end up being coupled in ways that I don't expect and the controller and like the 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 concept of controlling the view and the concept of populating the view end up being coupled in ways I don't expect circling back to cell selection if you think of a cell just as any other user interface element that can receive a touch and then perform an action does it make sense to start using target action on our cells that way, the table view delegate, well, how would this work? You could set a target and an action for an index path. And then the delegate object, when it receives did select row, can just turn around and send that message to that target with that index path. Would that be a good way to get that back up to the controller? Like, well, um, I th- I'm having trouble following what that would look like. You know what? I am too. <laughs> <laughs> One one thing that I did just do, like literally two days ago, is create an architecture for um, like a static table view, right? So like I want a table view that I can pass any number of any sections and any cells into. And so the cells are all created outside of the context of the table view, right? So like essentially I created a cell subclass that has a selection handler on it. So that when, basically the way it works is that when you, when did select cell at index path fires, it just gets the cell at that index path and then calls its selection handler, the block selection handler, if it has a selection handler. And then I'm actually passing the view controller into the selection block, right? So that, so that 
the cell, even if you create like the com- the completion handler takes in a view controller, any view controller. And so if you want to do something like push a new view onto the stack, you can you have access to the view controller that will be the source of the touch event essentially. But okay, so let's say you want to push on a new view controller like into a nav stack. Does that mean that the cell now has to know about that view controller that's getting pushed on? Like it doesn't know about the specific view controller. It just knows that there will be a view controller. It's weird. Yeah, that seems a little odd. Like inside this architecture, I think it's the only good way. Like there's other constraining factors to this architecture, right? But I I, I thought about it for like almost a whole freaking day um, trying to figure out the best way to do this. And this is this is kind of the best thing that I could could come up with, but I don't know. Like the cell, it I don't know, kind of splitting hairs. But the cell doesn't actually know about the view controller, right? Like the block. If we want to think about the block as being like kind of an object, the block knows about the view controller, and then whatever created the cell knows that there should be a view controller. You know, so the cell has no way to just arbitrarily get at the view controller. It only is when executing the block, which could essentially happen inside. It could happen inside the view controller itself. You know, you could say, you know, get the cell from whatever data store system you're using and then just call cell dot selection handler and then pass in self from the view controller. Okay. So this, so the view controller is what's executing the block, even though it's being held onto by the cell, it's. I feel like it's kind of like what you were talking about in terms of like assigning a target in action to a specific index path, except that I'm just reusing the table view structure to hold on to that right. target in action. Yeah, I guess blocks are a little more elegant in this example anyway, since you're kind of replacing a delegate. A block makes a little more sense than target action, I think. I've just been working with uh, static table views a lot lately, but not using the static table view feature of storyboards. So it's still a dynamic table view as you think of it, but it's mostly static data. Sometimes some stuff has to change. And it's still the ugliest code I've ever written. It's such a pain in the ass. Like, I can't believe that there is not a better way yet. I'd actually like to see this thing that you've done and see if it can be expanded so that we can like encapsulate the idea of a cell like in one object so it can be fully configured and we can just set up the structure and then feed it in and then the table view will read out of that and implement the delegate and data source methods appropriately. It, it actually, it ended up being like besides styling code, the actual table view controller ended up being tiny. So the overall structure that I put together is that there's a there's a view controller, and the view controller can be be instantiated with a I think I just called it a, a data object, like not data source because I thought that would be con- confusing, but like a just like a table view data object, and that's actually just a protocol. So that can be that could be anything, but it could be a class. So that's just that's just a, a protocol that I defined that implements stuff like it implements stuff like cell for cell for 
I think it's just self-reindex path and basically the data source patterns all like the ones that the ones that I was using anyway. It implements those and then it also implements like handle selection for cell at index path. And so the overall structure, the way I intended it to be used is that you create this I have my table view controller and then I have a um a data object and then the data object holds on to section objects. And the section objects are essentially just, it's a super thin wrapper around NS set or NS mutable, NS mutable ordered set. So the section is just a, is essentially NS mutable ordered set, except for it also has a, a, but with some type safety. So it's, you know, it, it, you can only hand it cells or an array of cells. And then it has one, and then it has a method on it to handle selection for, the cell at index. So the way it would work is that in the table view controller, you get did select row at index path. Then that index path would get passed to the data object. The data object would take the section element of the index path and get the section that it needs and then pass the row to the section. And then the section would pull the cell out, right? So it would just get the cell, sell it, index and then pull the cell out of its own internal set and then execute the block for the selection. Got it. So you build it from the bottom up. You build cells and then you pass those cells into sections and then you pass the section into a data object and you pass the data object into the the table view controller. It's like one of those Russian dolls. Yeah. Yep. Right? And then everything coming the other direction it only knows about one layer so all of the delegate patterns and everything on the way back down the table view just asks just gets the information from the sec from the data object the data object then gets the proper information from the set from the section and then if the section actually needed anything from the cell it would just ask it would just get it from the cell and then pass it back up the chain that way why did you choose to go with a an ordered set instead of an array. What what does that get you? I don't remember why I did that. The only thing I could think of would be that it would guarantee uniqueness. There was a reason, and I don't remember what it, what it is now. There's probably no reason that it's a mutable set. But again, that's like just a implementation detail that like I could change that. Right. I think for some reason I, I was thinking of using a set already, and so then I was like, well, it should be an ordered set, and then it should be, you know, obviously it's got to be, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember what decision process got me mm. to make it a mutable set, mutable ordered set. But it is, but again, that doesn't really matter. Like, I could change that data structure out, like, in two seconds, and all I'd have to do is change the type yeah. in a couple places, and it would all just kind of work. One neat trick that I've been using to kind of make static table view management easier that I learned from uh, the iOS recipes book by Matt Drantz, which is a good one. It's just a bunch of like small tips and tricks, architecture stuff. Like each chapter I think is only like, you know, four or five pages. And what he suggests there is using uh, an enum for everything, for like each section. So, So you'd have like list each section in there and then the last item in the enum is the the number of sections because it becomes like the natural count 
of the items in there. And then you do that for each section and, and the rows in that section as well. And then when you're doing like cell for row and index path or you're doing um, you know, number of sections in table view, number of rows in section, et cetera, you just use the, that enum instead of you know, hard coding row and section indices. And the advantage here is that if you do it in this way, you can reorder things just by moving their position in the enum and it will just naturally reorder itself. And it's a nice level of abstraction inside a table view. It's great. Yeah, I've used that. I've used that too. And it's, it's a great, it's just kind of a great pattern. I mean, for no, I mean, like the reordering stuff is awesome when you're just like, oh, you know what? This cell should come first, not last. And you just go, cool, copy paste. And you just move, you know, you have a diff of two lines, one addition, one deletion. And now you reordered your entire cell or moving sections around becomes just as easy, you know? And like you literally don't have to ch- – your code may – I guess your code could deteriorate at that point because it's – like when I'd write it out, I would write it out top down, right? Like if you have a switch statement that's running through, then maybe eventually the switch is out of order from the actual order of the enum. But that's not a huge deal because you've also gotten rid of the magic numbers and you've turned them into semantic words. Right. Right. So the order doesn't really matter because there's more semantics behind the enum than just the number, the integer that it represents. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, something else we failed to mention that the table view controller gives you is the ability to use UI refresh control, which you, I don't think you can do any other way. Yeah, I think you can only use it with a table view controller because there doesn't appear to be any other way via the UI refresh controls public interface to tie it to a table view. I mean, you don't get access to the view component of the refresh control, so there would be no way of to add it to your exactly sub-views. right. Which is weird. Like why would they just limit it to table view controller? I don't know why would they limit static table views to storyboards. Yep. Good point. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think about the crazy idea of just starting to give up on UI table view altogether? And just using collection yes. views? I'm for They're it. They're so powerful. Like, es- es- especially in iOS 7, I'm for it. Yes. For other reasons. Yeah, I, I, yeah like you were saying, it's their super powerful they're way more flexible you can re-implement the table view controller collection view flow layout flow layout yeah and you just make all your cells the width of the view and you've basically re-implemented ui table view but you get you know decoration views and accessory views yeah i'm for it i i actually i think it'd be a fun experiment to just try not to use any table view controllers in an entire app. Just never use a table view controller. Create a custom flow layout that just mimics table view controllers exactly and then just use that instead. Mm-hmm. The only problems you would run into are the problems that we literally just said, which is that you can't use static table views and you can't use refresh control. It says in the documentation you link a refresh control to a table through an associated table view controller object. So, right, of which you you have no control. <laughs> right. 
but I'm assuming that there's just some private initializer on UI refresh control that's like init with table view and it has a weak reference to the table view and then just inserts itself and then probably like KVOs the content offset or something to handle the refreshing. Yeah, sounds reasonable. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Everything that that UI table view makes difficult or like even the cell height stuff, right? Like collection views handle cell height stuff way better than table views, right? Like I haven't used a collection view in a while, so. Like if you want to dynamically, you want to have a cell, a freaking cell, like dynamic height cells based on their content. I think one thing that's easier is that you can change the size of the cell like at runtime and everything will it's a lot easier than in the table view. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. With animation. Yeah, the problem in with table views is that the cell can set its own view height, but then that doesn't trickle down to the delegate or the data source, whichever one's which one do we say does the height? The delegate? I think. Yeah, I think so. Like you have to reset the height for that specific cell there, and then that's incredibly slow because it has to check call that method every single time a view a cell appears. God forbid you do something with like embedding a UI web view inside a table view cell. Uh, it's just yeah. <laughs> freaking miserable. So like I feel like that would be simplified a lot in a collection view yeah just the ability to perform updates and have a completion handler is great it automatically makes it so much more powerful than ui table view because it has this uh perform batch updates completion so you can move a bunch of things around and then when it's done you can do something i think i've had cases before where i've like updated a table view manually you know inserted or deleted some rows and it's moved where it's like move the section that I'm looking at in the table view. And so at the end, what I want to do is I want to scroll back to a certain cell. With UI table view, that's not really possible. Like the best you can do is like set up a timer or set up an animation with a delay and then just like have it kind of wait until everything's rejiggered and then move the table view. It's just a bunch of little things like that. I think UI table view is just showing its age. It's got a lot of baggage. You ever use the do you ever use the reusable header footer stuff? I never have. I've always like seen those and been like, that's a super good idea, and then I just haven't No. Are those on table view or just collection view? Table views. You can do reusable headers and footers now. Section headers and footers. Oh, okay. I'm guessing that's just because in a big table it might be expensive to keep Yeah, if you have a thousand headers, well, you know, just create two, basically. Yeah. Maybe three. Gotcha. No, I uh, I haven't. I don't think I've been in a situation where I've had that many headers and footers where it made sense to reuse them. But do you use do you use the reuse stuff even if you have like on your static on the static table view that you were talking about? Do you still use the reuse identi- the reuse dequeuing and all that stuff, or do you just generate cells? It's yes, I. I do because you need a reuse identifier to register a nib or a cell class with the table view. And so I'll usually create uh, a UI table view cell subclass for every type of cell, right? Mm -hmm. And then usually a separate nib object that goes along with it. 
and then just register that nib with a certain identifier. So yes, in that case, only because it's required to register a class or a nib with table view. Right, just to avoid. But then what do you, do you cast the cell when you get it back? So then you do DQ reusable cell with identifier. So do you do like a select, like a switch statement to figure out which reuse identifier you need and then pass that into the DQ statement and then have to cast the return object based on the reuse, based on the index path? Yeah, so based on the index path, I will DQ the appropriate cell with the right reuse identifier. And then for every different cell subclass, I usually have a distinct configure method that's like configure this type of cell for road index path or this one and that and then that's where they switch just to kind of not overload cell for road index path with a ton of code yeah yeah i i yeah especially in situations like that like i've done a lot of you know having a helper method like a configure or i I even i've gone further and just like pulled the cell from like a cell for cell for section and then pass the section index. They just created more helper methods around that. So like having a helper method for the section and then the section configures it the right way. And yeah, absolutely. But I think that's what that, that sort of like data object you were referring to aims to like do away with. Right. And like pull all that into yeah, a separate object instead of just, I mean, right. it's good to have more methods that are well-named and, when it's just more objects, you know what I mean? Putting more objects in the line so each thing is legitimately only responsible for one thing. Like the sections are legitimately only responsible for holding on to cells and then I guess you could see it as a, like and then handling the selection for the cell I guess is a second responsibility that it technically has. But the cell and the section are coupled together in a way that I'm not sure how to extract yeah. that. But so the section only cares about holding onto cells essentially, and then the data object only really cares about holding onto sections, and then the view controller, the data source, only really cares about interacting with the data. It sounds like a good pattern moving forward. We should explore this more. Is it something you you think you could open source, like extract from? Yeah, I can at least I'll put the headers up. Cool. Is that what yeah. you mean? I mean that's that's the only like every the implementation is so dead simple that be able to figure it out from the headers, um, so I can add that to that. We have a uh, we added it a little like a little bit after episode two, the episode about APIs and stuff because I think people were having having some trouble following the we were talking kind of the same thing of this like kind of talking about some patterns that maybe difficult to visualize so we added a we have a under the thoughtbot organization we actually have a build phase github repository now that will hold source code if we need to post source code so we'll link to that in the show notes um to this episode so i'll, I'll throw it up there after so ui table view controller powerful maybe showing its age a little bit but still a worker a workhorse maybe move to collection views in the future and just throw yeah. table views away. I don't know. That would be awesome. Wrap it up. Button it up. The show notes that I mentioned earlier uh, can be found at learn.thoughtbot.com slash build phase slash seven. We also want to hear from you. Email us at build phase at thoughtbot.com. 
You can also hit us up on app.net or Twitter, just at BuildFace. This show was produced by Chad Pytel and recorded and edited by Mike Manor. 